1: Well, the equities had their Wheaties this morning. Corn, soybeans, not so much. Kind of? Wheat? Does wheat eat Wheaties? Well, that seems a little weird. Never mind all that. We've got plenty of other stuff to talk about right here on this morning's AgriTalk.
2: Live! All
1: by myself. Again? Via Farm Journal Broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's our Friday Briefer Roll with panelist Jim Wiesmeyer from Real Ag Radio, Sean Haney, and we also welcome Chris Gibbs. I'm your handsome host this morning, Davis Michelson behind the big green leafy microphone of AgriTalk here. And if I can get my font into the correct uh, correct typesetting here, there we go, I can read what's on my screen. You know, reading glasses only go so far Maybe maybe you've noticed this as well. Uh, Welcome to AgriTalk this morning. Uh, Your pal, Davis Michelson, you you may have noticed. No, Chip. I don't know. Is it a Lorna Dune kind of day? Is Is it a, let's see, what kind of cookie have we not used? I don't know. Chip's not here. Don't worry about it. He'll be back. He'll be back this afternoon. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Anyway, your pal, Davis Michelson, I am delighted to be here with you and glad that you've decided to spend some time with us this morning. It is our Friday free for all and um we <laughs> Jim came on. We we we've, we've got Jim here. We've got the uh, the gang shuffling in and getting themselves positioned for the conversation. Jim is fired up. And uh I kind of feel like a jerk because uh, I mean, that's like save it for the show, you know? Let's 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 keep our powder dry. My man, I guess the lesson is my man is fired up. He's got a lot to talk about. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna lift the uh the skirt on where we're gonna start with him. It's a mantra that does seem to be uh seem to be emerging from the GOP. Close the border or close the government. These are not my words. These are the words being tossed around by some up on uh Capitol Hill. These are <laughs> when we come up against black and white like this, close the border or when you've got this or that. Yikes. There's not a lot of room for compromise there. We need to dig into this. And I know, as I said earlier, Jim, Jim is fired up, and he is ready to uh, you know, to get her going. Uh, we've of course got Sean Haney, the Alberta Breeze himself on hand, and we've got Chris Gibbs. Um, in my notes here, I have Farmer from Ohio and chairman of Rural Voices USA. We'll check in with Chris, make sure we've got his info all up to date, and uh see what he's got on. On his mind. So that, that'll be coming up right after we get today's news, uh, where I want to start with the National Weather Service weather outlook. They're expecting light to moderate snow for portions of the southern and central Great Plains, along with localized flash flooding for the Gulf Coast. Today, that's Friday. Significant icing is possible for portions of the southern and central Appalachians tonight into Saturday snow from developing east coast winter storm. To begin affecting interior portions of the mid-Atlantic and northeast on Saturday, a specific, uh, specific, a Pacific storm system may bring renewed rounds of heavy mountain snow and coastal rain to the northwest coast tonight into Saturday. So the weather, the weather pattern is is certainly leaning toward a more active pattern, as we saw in the 6 to 10 day and the 7 to 14 day forecasts. From the National Weather Service in yesterday afternoon's show, that area of expected below normal um, uh, temperatures is is spreading eastward across the country. I mean, it's wintertime. You know, what are you going to do? It's, it's wintertime. Speaker Mike Johnson is reportedly considering the possibility of initiating direct negotiations with the Biden administration regarding adjustments to border security and immigration policies. A recent analysis by the Congressional Budget Office indicates that passing a year-long continuing resolution could result in significant spending cuts, particularly on non-defense expenditures. And when we get Jim Wiesmeyer on here, we're going to open the chute and, and let him go on this and help help see if, if he can bring some clarity to some of this. And the sad part is I'm not sure that, that clarity is to be brought There may not be any clarity on this issue. Various USDA agencies have prepared contingency plans for a government shutdown. See, and I don't like the looks of this. If you're preparing contingency plans, uh, there's at least some level of certainty that those contingency plans will be realized. Moving on. During a government shutdown, in this case, a partial shutdown, impacted government workers, whether furloughed or not, do not receive pay. Although they typically receive back pay. Once the shutdown ends. Well, here's a piece of good news. State officials said fuel retailers in Montana can now sell E fifteen. That's that fifteen percent mix of ethanol into gasoline, leaving California as the only state to hold out against the blend. In a news release on Thursday, Growth Energy CEO Emily Score said the move quote is great news for Montana drivers who will soon have access to a lower cost fuel option at the pump. Interesting that uh, California, the only state to hold out against the uh, the E15 blend. um Wow, kind of. All right, whatever. In you know, other news, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken left for his fourth trip to the Middle East since the October 7 attack on Israel, as part of U.S. efforts to counter growing risks of a broader regional conflict. Israel's defense minister has unveiled plans for the next phase of the war in Gaza, featuring a new combat approach in the north and a sustained focus on targeting Hamas leaders in the enclave's southern territory. The White House revealed that some ballistic missiles fired by Russia at Ukraine in recent days were supplied by North Korea, indicating growing support from North Korea for Russia. Which is in violation of a United Nations embargo. This part I don't understand. Um, in violation of a United Nations embargo, are either North Korea? Okay, well maybe North Korea. No, not North Korea and Russia. Are either of these in in the UN at all? So how can we call this a violation? Mm, I don't know. I lost the panel. In 2023, U.S. consumers defied expectations as rising restaurant menu prices did not deter them from dining out. Instead, they continued to enjoy meals at restaurants while cutting back on discretionary spending in areas like clothing and furniture. However, it appears that in the current year, consumers may be inclined to opt for more affordable dining choices. So uh, rather than, uh, you know, cutting back on discretionary spending in clothing and furniture, it's now started to ripple out into um, restaurant and menu expenditures and i don't think that would surprise anyone um the the surprise is that it it has taken so long and really i don't know that we've even necessarily seen it we'll we'll see what the panels thought is on uh, restaurant demand the u.n food and ag organization reported a decline in the u.n food price index for both december and the entire year of 2023 in December, the index stood at 118.5, marking a 1.5% decrease from November and a significant 10.1% decrease from December 2022. Ooh, quickly here, just a couple more. One of the world's biggest supermarket chains said it would drop several Pepsi product, uh, PepsiCo products from European shelves to protest what it called unacceptable price increases, a rare public standoff between a grocer and food maker. After more than two years of rising prices, and finally, heads up everybody, hospitals across several states, including those in New York, California, Illinois, and Massachusetts have reimposed masking requirements for patients and staff amid a spike in COVID and flu infections. We are off and rolling here. Jim Wiesmeyer, Sean Haney, Chris Gibbs are on my panel today. Your pal, Davis Michelson, happily moderating in Chip Flory's stead lots to get here to get to here i think we're probably just going to going to open the shoot on Wiesmeyer here on that close the border or close the government concept that's what's floating around washington agritalk
3: my mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all bail hay all day see in the dark with its powerful led lights hook up all the implements ship like a race car steer with ease and It can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking
2: for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com.
4: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: In the morning, you're caffeinated up and you are thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. And welcome to Agritalk everybody. We are about to pop the top on a Friday free for all. Uh let's let's begin by bringing in You know what? Let's begin with Chris Gibbs. Chris, good morning, sir. Welcome to uh to the free for all. How are you?
0: Very good. Yourself? Look, looking good. Oh, I'm good. hanging we got right the, in there. I'm hanging in the, there,
1: Chris. Cold, we've got cold,
0: wet, cold weather here in in Ohio this morning, and I spent the whole morning hauling
1: organic fertilizer. Ah, yes, the organic fertilizer. Uh, so now, when when a farmer in Ohio uses the word cold. Uh, I feel like that probably comes. I mean, what what is what does it take to make an Ohio farmer say the it, word cold? It, yeah.
0: Okay, all right, yeah, <laughs> I, I got you. It was all the way to seventeen. It was all the way to seventeen. So
1: that sounds awful. I'm here at thirty two <laughs> degrees
0: it, in uh, like way like more was, shirts. It wasn't like I was cow. Yeah, I wasn't cowering in the house.
1: We were we we were out hitting it. So, <laughs> <laughs> that a boy, you got it. You got to stay bold. Stay bold. Uh, Sean Haney, gotta the Alberta stay breeze. Bold. What's shaking buddy? Welcome to Agritalk. How's it going? Hey, it's it's great, Davis. We're we're
5: a beautiful. We're going to be 38 today. So, uh 38. We're ah. way warmer than Ohio.
1: Yeah. Is that now and that's Celsius, too. So that's like 200 degrees, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Wow. We're not in Wachucol, Mexico. 400
5: degrees
0: Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, we're definitely Fahrenheit. It, it's been you know what? It, it has been warm all winter for the most part. And uh, uh, the lack of snow on the Western Canadian prairies is is. Yeah, definitely uh, continues to be the concern.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Jim Wiesmeyer, pro-former policy OG, um, welcome sir, thank you for being here, let me just start here, the risk of a government shutdown is increasing, Senate and House conservatives demand border security measures in exchange for funding the government, um, you uh, you put this out today that the mantra is close the border or close the government, that's coming from the <laughs> GOP, um, dude, Jim, <laughs> uh, help us get our heads around it, good morning Let's start
5: Good there. Good
6: morning. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you you saw the shift at when the House Republicans, uh, what, 60 of them, I guess, went down to the border uh, this week. Uh, House Speaker uh, Mike Johnson, Republican from Louisiana, basically, well, he said that. So I thought, wow, that is a shift because they were really linking previously to a Ukraine uh, Taiwan uh, aid in Israel, but now they've switched. Now, mostly anyone would say a shutdown uh, is is uh, rarely a win politically for those that cause it, but others are saying this time's different. It's not about spending, but about a policy, in this case, the border. So if that's the case, that's why I'm up in my odds for at least a partial government shut down if they can't come to a sp- overall spending agreement uh, January the 19th for those agencies, including USDA.
5: So what's the policy gap? What what, what what is the gap between the two sides when it comes to border policy that they can find maybe a compromise on? I know that word is so tough in today's world, but find a compromise on that allows them to avoid the shutdown. Good question.
6: I think that's why Johnson is wanting to deal directly with the White House, because uh, the House Republicans don't like where their Senate counterparts are going on this issue. Now, if the Republicans insist on their bill, H.R. 2, I don't think the White House can stomach uh, that. That's too aggressive. That's why they're talking to see whether or not there is any compromise. But the pressure on Biden to do something is increasing. And that's in The New York Times this morning.
5: Yeah, I saw I saw in The Wall Street Journal. We're, we're talking about like I used to go by the number of 8000 people per day. But I, I read this week, 12000 people per day. That's an astonishing number just on a weekly basis that we're dealing with here.
1: Yeah. And you you think about how long that's been going on. That's, That's math that goes several decimal points beyond my conception. Chris, I think I heard you piping in.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I guess I want to back up here and make sure we got the nomenclature right.
3: Yeah,
0: the GOP is talking about, and they've got a nice soundbite here: "Shut down the border" or "Shut down the government." And by the way, they were they were down there taking a tour while they were not working on the farm bill. By the way, mm-hmm. so tell me what "shut down the border" means when our laws are very clear that we've got asylum laws, and it's up to Congress to change those laws. If they want to change 8 U.S. Code 1158 that talks about our asylum laws that requires the government to provide asylum protection for people before they're adjudicated and let them in the United States, then don't call it a policy, Speaker Johnson. Call it the law that you're wanting to avert. I don't understand, Jim. Let me know. What is the definition of shut down the border? What in the hell does that mean? Well, does that the, mean the, not follow the law? What's it mean? Yeah, the,
6: the Republicans would counter that. This is just their argument that uh, look at the differential of the migrants coming in between uh, the Trump administration and the Biden administration. Look at the actions that Biden took from day one on modifying the Trump uh, rules and regulations. I think that that's the gambit right
5: there.
0: Well, plus, plus, and I'll, I'll come back here, plus, I'll volley back, Title 42, which says that we can shut this thing down if people are sick, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Trump, in this case, was lucky they had COVID because he could shut it down and point right to 42. And now all of a sudden, 42, it doesn't apply anymore because these people don't all have COVID or we can't say they do. So oh, 42 was overturned. I wouldn't say that that was a policy that 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 the Biden administration just said, OK, we're just going to take 42 off. They were required to by the court. Well, John- ways.
6: Johnson would counter that. I'm just saying, based on the arguments for sure, him, sure. is that uh, yeah. uh Biden could declare a disaster because of all the the numbers that we talked about earlier. That gives him more leeway to do some of the things that you mentioned.
5: And he's choosing not to do that. And it and, 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 and where the, the, the money comes into this is what I don't understand is like I keep on reading and hearing about well, we just don't, you know, because of the volume of people, we don't. Have uh, the pros We're not capable of doing the processing at, at the to to based on the volume that's coming across. Why are we not putting funding into the people side of this to be able to do this properly according to what the the policy already is that's in place? That that's I don't know why we're not addressing because,
0: that because the GOP won't let won't the, the GOP won't let that happen. Because all of a sudden, if you solve the problem, there's nothing to complain. Well, about. but OK, but to be fair, Chris, both
5: both parties yeah, raise yeah. a tremendous amount of money based on this. No, issue. No I am not sure no that questions. either yeah, party yeah. has any real willingness to really actually be mature and be the adults and actually solve it.
1: And part of the problem is cr- here that
0: it, that is a crux in yeah, that.
1: Yep. Yeah, I I would agree. Go ahead, Jim. I yeah, think the possible pinch point here is, I mean, if they declared a, a disaster on the border, well, now, isn't that Democrats having to declare their own policies disastrous? They can't do that.
6: Yeah, they, I mean, they use the word challenge. Yeah, they will not. If you heard a Mayorkas interview on uh, Fox News uh, yesterday, he would not say it's a disaster. He would only say it's a challenge. Okay, they don't call okay. it a disaster. I mean, so well, it's, yeah, it's it's politicized. Well, There's no doubt about it. But but I don't I don't think I think the majority majority would say this is not primarily a funding issue. It's it's a uh, 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 it it is a you know call it whatever you want. It's rules and regulations, policy, etc. Uh, because of the vast difference between uh, Trump and and Biden. Uh, some of the Republicans uh, say Biden should just go back to the way Obama did the border mm. if they don't want to go back to Trump. And I think that's a fair argument there. Okay, so what what, what yeah. is
5: that like? remind us, Jim
6: right Well he deported even a lot more and he got into tr- Obama got into trouble with some of the so-called progressive wing uh, wing of the party uh, that way. But some of, some of the changes that the Democrats have done, I, I should say the White House, not in this case, the, the, the questionnaires that they ask for these migrants have been, uh, have been uh, uh, it used to take a half a day to uh, interview some of these people, and now it's down to five questions. So that was a strategic change just made a few weeks ago. And that's yes, one of those questions. Does
1: it happen to be have you or are you now ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Is that question? In there? I don't know. Is that but one they're, of the five? they're
6: coming in. They're coming in. I doubt it because they're coming in, in uh, uh, a lot now as a result of that of only f- five questions. It only takes like a half an hour.
1: Why would that not For be years. the first question? Am I crazy? Am I crazy and protectionist? Haney? Gibbs? We smile. I don't know if that. He'll
6: We're in crazy times. Story. We're
2: <laughs> in crazy times.
1: We are in crazy times. Crazy times, indeed. Uh, we'll, we'll come back. We'll refire the conversation. Lots more to talk about. Thank you so much for being with us on Agritalk. We got Chris Gibbs. We got Sean Haney. And we got Jim Wiesmeyer. And, of course, your pal, Davis Michelson, here. I'm in for Chip this morning. He'll be back this afternoon. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine right here on Agritalk.
2: Time for Markets Now with the experts from pro farmer
1: and joining us now pro farmer editor brian grady on markets now uh beads right now i'm looking at corn under pressure beans in fact the entire bean complex under pressure wheat remains resilient what's going on here in the grains
7: yeah so uh, start with corn and beans uh, you know they d- didn't really need a, a reason for the funds to be more active sellers here to finish up the first week of the year but uh, uh, you know the export sales numbers weekly export sales were marketing your lows for both corn and soybeans this morning and well below expectations now the expectations were probably too high because uh, of Christmas you know the week involved Christmas uh, and but Still, um, the numbers against expectations were very poor, and, and like I said, marketing gear lows. So that's adding some fundamental pressure to both of those markets. But you also mentioned that uh, meal futures and soil oil futures are under pressure as well, and, and so that's contributing to that negative tone in those markets. Wheat, on the other hand, uh, while the, the export sales number wasn't uh, terrific by any means, Um, They're continuing on with their corrective buying that we've seen here uh, the past couple days. And and so um, trying to push to the upside, we'll see uh, who wins out in this battle, corn and beans to the downside or wheat to the upside. Absolutely. Well, and,
1: and right now, if we're talking battles, I've got the livestock winning just about everything
7: yeah so the cattle market i'll start there um you know the, we've seen higher cash cattle trade in the northern market uh, still waiting on active movement in the southern plains but uh, it looks like uh, when all is said and done we'll have another week of, of gains in the cash market so that would be uh, three in a row and it uh, looks like uh, um, we're headed uh, higher uh, as we move through the uh, the first quarter here Hawk Futures is also working to the upside uh, as they narrow up the uh, premiums to the uh, the cash index.
1: That's Brian Grady on Markets Now.
3: My mom's got a new case I-Extractor, and it can do it all. they hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah. Her Case IH tractor can
2: do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena.
1: Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. You're listening to Agritalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Roger that, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson, here behind the big green leapy microphone of Agritalk on this Friday, Friday, Friday. Um, we're, we're going to stick a fork in the border conversation because we can go around and (laughs) round and round. Uh, however, I will just, just throw out this number here. Um, Jim dug this one up for us earlier this week, U S customs and border protection officials report. There were 302,000 migrant encounters in December, the highest number of illegal crossings ever recorded in a month, 302,000 just in December alone. Um, as I said, we're going to leave that right there. I promised we would. Uh, the United States enters the new year with record national debt surpassing $34 trillion, marking a grim fiscal milestone. Uh, Chris, Jim, Sean, who wants who wants to start us on this one?
6: Well, very little, if anything, will ahead, be ahead, done about it. But like a lot of issues uh, uh, that are pending, like the farm bill, the debt issue is going to be bumped to 2025 after the election, as will the farm bill. Although this is a, a growing issue, uh, but they're just, uh, you know, the usually the Republicans before Trump always talked about the debt, but uh, Trump didn't. And I don't see any con- uh, any presidential candidate mentioning this uh, <clears throat> in the debates and otherwise. So
5: it's just going to keep increasing. It, it's a message that people do People just don't want to hear. Yeah, and and Jim, we've been talking about that. Like it it seemed like there was a a touch of a period of time, maybe going back like six nine months, where it seemed like the fiscal hawks were kind of coming out, and it was a little bit more potentially a bit more trendy. And it's really backed off. Yes.
0: Well, I think I think part of that, part Mm -hmm. of that, it, yeah, part of it or much of it, we can't talk about the debt without. Talking about the strong economy, and I, I know we've got um, applications for uh, for unemployment down. We've got record unemployment. Um, everything's moving. Every truck on the planet. If you if you if you drive out on the highway, every semi in the planet is out there. Every trailer is stuff is moving. So as we increase economic activity, certainly we're supporting that debt more, but. I agree that nobody's going to talk about that unless it absolutely hurts individuals and interest rates are starting to come down. We're not, the government's not, um, uh, needing a lot of money so that there's no money for anybody else to borrow. So we got a lot of economic activity and that's going to offset that debt. Yeah. But with, with unemployment kind of holding at what,
5: The number it did this morning, um, you know, it it doesn't really. I I sort of thought right away that you know, sort of an indication that rates are not going to go down as as maybe quickly as some people are 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 thinking, and maybe we won't see some of the we won't see some of those rate cuts until we see see that unemployment number go up more. That then that that's not good for yeah, if you're cheering for strong, strong, strong
0: economic activity in in, in twenty
5: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, I, and I mean, think you're going back to what? The Phillips curve where we <laughs> Yeah. Where, where I, higher unemployment leads to higher inflation. Or I mean higher employment leads to higher inflation. Um and the way to and the way to bring inflation down is to get less people working. Uh, I'm not sure that flies anymore, but mm-hmm. we'll find out. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, meanwhile, we've got uh, in 2023 bankruptcies increased by 18%. Um, higher interest rates, of course, stricter lending standards, and the gradual reduction of pandemic-related financial assistance. Um, so that the numbers on that roughly 445,000 bankruptcy filings in 2023 in the U.S. It compares to 378,000 in uh, 2022. This is where we're starting to see it. But uh, Haney, I'm I'm curious. There's been a lot of you know, sort of hands thrown up in the air and a lot of concern over the American consumers spending too much credit card debt, too much this, too much spending, yada, yada, yada. Uh, what does it look like for the consumer in Canada? Are you, are you, are you all in basically the same boat up there? Or are you handling your personal credit issues a little better than we are, apparently?
5: Absolutely not. <laughs> the, the, the Canadian consumer has been much more touched by the interest rate increases. And and part of the reason for that is that mortgages are much more shorter in nature. We have more, more common is like a five-year mortgage uh, amortized over a longer period of time, but a five-year reset on the rate compared to like in the U.S. where, it, it, you know, 30, right? And, and so our jobs numbers this morning, we were up, get ready for it. We were up 100 net jobs. Everybody was expecting 13,500, according to analysts, but being up all up only 100, and I think the unemployment rate was flat at 5.8%. I would say the U.S. economy is is hopping at a much better clip and a lot more of a positive story than what is happening in in, in Canada right now.
1: More positive even um, than that, Jim, your thoughts.
6: I just think uh, now that the majority are saying it looks like we're going to have a soft landing, that gets me nervous. I just Mm. I see elements of some of the economic reports begin to showing a cooling uh, down it's not reflected in the job numbers that's history that's December. Mm. so if that's the case uh the uh, Fed better be on hold before they do anything then they'll start chopping later on the second half of the year so I I just uh, hope I'm wrong but for any recession to occur watch your transportation industry watch mm. FedEx and watch uh, Starbucks if their sales uh, uh, and profits uh, go down, that's uh, the best forecaster I've seen over the years for a recession. Well, yeah, we, we, they,
5: and, and Jim, yeah, go we got warehouse vacancy rates in the U.S. They've reached yes. the highest point since yeah. the onset of the pandemic, right? Yeah. What are they up by 5.2 percent compared to 4.6 in the previous quarter. So, you know, that's that's not a strong in, in, in indication at, at all. And if, and if we see inflation cool and wage costs go higher, that leads to you you, you can't. You can't pass on the cost based because inflation's coming down. And so that leads to layoffs. And so that kind of fits into Jim's concern here about what happens in Q1 and Q2 as as the economy tries to deal with some of uh, the, the current situation.
1: Yeah, um, let, let's move on to some of these tensions in the Middle East here. Um, you know, I was all set with this sort of thing about, you know, there was. There was an explosion at some celebrations in Iran, uh, you know, committed by probably actors that definitely don't blow up pipelines underwater. Uh, but then it turns out ISIS takes credit for this. Jim, is this right? ISIS takes yeah. credit for the Iranian bombings. This has nothing yeah, to do with anybody.
6: No, that's, that's, their that, that's their long-term battle. That's their long-term battles on this one. Yeah, they, t- they took credit for it and much like again the FED is watching these energy prices and the spot rates for shipping uh goods I mean they're they're up a lot uh hugely uh compared to before the crisis began uh 173 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. percent you know uh North America's East Coast they're they're up 52 percent so you better watch this
5: mm-hmm
1: Chris, um, I don't know how how closely you pay attention to the China situation, but uh, I'm pretty sure you watch the news every once in a while at least. Taiwanese Defense Ministry reports four <laughs> Chinese balloons floating across the self ruled island ahead of a pivotal election. We got Chinese balloons over Taiwan now, buddy. You, any thoughts?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, and and that's fine. But it's both factual and metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Trial balloons, just to see what'll happen, just to let, just to let. Taiwan know, Hey, we're still here. We're still Mm -hmm. here. And I don't see anything. I don't see anything other than that. There's, there's no way in the world, um, under present circumstances that president Z is going to go into Taiwan. Mm -hmm. The, the whole, if, 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 if the coal, just take the coalition that we saw, um, with Ukraine and Russia between the U S and the NATO partners, Take that times a multiple of of the of the countries that would come to the defense of, of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. That's metaphorical and actual. Those balloons. That's don't don't get excited about that. But you yeah. have to ask the question based on the current situation. And
5: I have no idea what they're going to do, but I I do wonder. It's kind of a chaotic time. You you got what's happening with with Israel. You have what's happening with Russia Ukraine. Wouldn't the timing be like? Great. Not great. But for from China's perspective, appropriate to to do something like that, because the, the U.S. foreign affairs is like going in a thousand different directions here.
6: Well, China yeah. primarily did what? it ahead of Taiwan elections. That's really the reason they did that. They're sending the signal yeah. to the uh, so-called independence in, in Taiwan that that's the, it was a domestic, uh, you know, consideration
0: on China and Taiwan relations. This is exactly why that NATO and the US has to continue to stay strong behind Ukraine because Z is watching what happens in Ukraine, Putin is watching what happens in Ukraine and hoping for a dissolution of our of our partnership with NATO, of our resolve. And that will have will send a signal to how long Z can hold out based on if our partnership dissolves behind Ukraine and other conflicts. So that's why we have to stay strong. We have to continue to support Ukraine financially and get off the ball when it comes to uh, Congress goofing around and using that for a bargaining chip.
1: Boy, it feels like it's getting expensive, though, Chris. It really does
0: democracy is expensive security is expensive but yeah. the alternative is much more expensive yeah yeah
5: and, and to that point davis well it, yes a lot of money but remember, a lot of that money stays in the u.s from mm. from a manufacturing exactly right. of, of weapons standpoint so it's just yeah. not a, a check being sent or an e-transfer yeah yeah
1: well and as the big apple joe points reminding. out here we you know it would it would help the American consumer get a little buy in here if we could, if we could actually see some positive results or perhaps even just a modicum of accountability for, for where this money is going. Uh, we are fired up. Free for all. Agri Talk.
2: Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena.
1: on your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device agritalk is live every weekday in fact we are live right now thanks for tuning in everyone your pal davis michelson in here moderating the friday for re chip will be back this afternoon jim wiesmeyer chris gibbs and sean haney the alberta breeze join today jim uh, you wrote earlier this week: Car makers are concerned about the potential negative impact on U.S. electric vehicle sales if the Inflation Reduction Act is scrapped. What? The Inflation Reduction Act scrapped? What is this?
6: Well, that's one. This is what CEOs of companies have been asking me for the last six months. If yeah. Trump were were president again, what are some of these things he could do? And Trump has just said he would he would take an axe to a lot of those provisions. And Mm -hmm. that's, uh, you know, that's the nervousness right there. Uh, I don't see why more and more people are not. And I'm just, I'm trying, I'm, I'm diplomatic here, both, Mm -hmm. both on both sides. Uh, Why the Republicans uh, non-Trump candidates have not focused on his universal tariff is beyond me, because if Trump were president, he's saying there would be at least a 10% across the board tariff on Mm -hmm. all uh, exporters to this country if you want a recession that's the way to do it and you yeah. don't think that'll impact agriculture Wow yeah
5: yeah we're, yeah. we're gonna watch those that's, that, that I would exactly debate. right We're going to watch that Iowa debate and we won't hear boo about it, it really Chris Christie's the only one that's really will bring it up maybe um I don't know why Nikki Haley's not um she should be yes and you know that that's and I think on the IRA when it comes to EVs that that is looking so that should be a concern um if re uh, uh, reelected president trump does get rid of the ira but there's a lot of other pieces of the ira uh, it also impacts things like renewable diesel plant expansion uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of capital being drug into the us market for to like it, it it is more it is a jobs bill as much as anything else and and so it, it, it to just scrap it it better be replaced with something else on, on some of these other elements where it has had a real positive impact that it, agriculture would would be supporting some of those things outside of just like the EV discussion.
6: Yeah, because if you don't have biodiesel and SAF uh, uh, incentives, OK, that that industry implodes
5: 100 percent.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I go back to um, what Governor DeSantis said on Agritalk just a few weeks ago, talking about you know you get one guy in and he's okay well we're we're going to do all of this via executive order and then the next guy comes in and flips all of that and then the next guy comes in and flips all of that and we don't have a consistent you know long-term policy on some of these issues that we absolutely desperately need here yeah that's um,
6: called Europe that's called Europe
0: mm mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
6: that's how Europe goes yeah well, you need dis- to codify dysfunctional
0: Congress too. yeah
6: you need to codify absolutely you and the, the Supreme Court is trying to scream it out why are you bringing all these things to us when this is a congressional matter mm-hmm. that's what they're saying
1: and is so is this what has this decodification might you call it I mean is the end result then people saying things like well we're probably not going to get a farm bill in 2024 people saying things like, you know, pass the spending or shut down the border, fund the government or, or you know, shut down the border or whatever. I mean, is is that what this sort of gov- did we get the government we deserve, Jim? Is this what we get?
6: You get a 50 50 where you get, don't get anything done. We, yeah. we need a true minority party. Uh, that that can't throw throw darts at that progress. So one of the political parties are going to make a major mistake or several mistakes. And it's not a question of if it's when. And that's when you'll start to see the pull away of either political party uh, as a true minority party. And, uh, you know, you know, get this country going again.
5: So, Mm -hmm. Jim, do you think do you think that Joe Lieberman will he will be able to organize a no labels candidate? For for this election,
6: I'll tell you what's got them both Trump and Biden afraid is uh, if Manchin were to run in that party, because more than a few independents and uh, uh, and on and on the Democrat and Republican side would probably vote for for that party if that were the case.
5: Yeah, I he- I heard Lieberman on the radio yesterday, they, they were- and he and he said that this election may be more so than ever a no labels candidate could even potentially if there's a if there's an election to run a no labels candidate, it is this one because both both sides appear to be picking a candidate. That is very low. Population. People you know, would like other choices. And and we'll see if no labels can get organized on that.
6: Agreed. Now, everybody said, you know, points out that Trump is ahead in the poll. He ought to be way ahead. I mean, look at Nikki Haley versus Biden. She's up 15 percentage points or more where Trump is what, three or four percentage points. That's margin of error. So yeah. that shows you weakness in his yeah. candidacy right there. Yeah.
0: Da- Gip, Davis, yeah, you, Gips, go you, ahead. you talked about what, what's going to be the you talked about what's going to be the result of a dysfunctional Congress. I I think it's much worse than that because from a voter's perspective, we talked about uh, war in the middle East. We talked about China. We talked about all of these perils that people see on the the news every day and border by the way. And what that does to the voter is that they end up looking for a strong man. They end up looking for somebody that has and tells them simple solutions to problems, I'll fix this, I'll do that, I'll do this, day one, Did a dictator, yeah. yada, yada, yada. So what happens, and this, is the, this is the result of a dysfunctional Congress, is that the voter will drift to a strongman, and that leads directly, I hate to get too far into the weeds here, but that leads directly to an autocratic administration, mm. where the strongman gets voted in and just starts doing executive orders, bam, 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 I'll fix this, I'll fix that, I'll fix that. American voter need to be very, very aware and cautious of that.
1: Mm-hmm. It's going to take a unique kind of leader, Chris. Um, I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to start with you. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. We're going to run out of time here uh, if we're not super careful here. Can you um, just give us something that you're you're hopeful about in 2024? Anything at all?
0: Absolutely. I'll tell you what. Thanks for thanks for the opening up. My uh, glyphosate costs, my chemical costs were down 55% this year to hey. 24. I just bought them last week and the week before. 28 was down 48%, 28% nitrogen. Ammonium sulfate was down 30%. Rock and roll, I'm ready to plant corn.
1: Outstanding, <laughs> sir. Chris Gibbs has been with us. Sean Haney, the Alberta Breeze, we appreciate your time this morning, sir. Have a great day.
5: Yeah, everybody have yourselves a great weekend.
1: And Jim Wiesmeyer, of course, <laughs> pro-farmer, policy OG. We appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for your time this morning.
5: See
6: American Soybean Association Growers in Florida next week.
1: Ooh, ASA in Florida. I am your pal, Davis Michelson. So happy to be in here for Chip. He will be back this afternoon where he will have a very exciting conversation. You're not going to want to miss it. AgriTalk.